the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. They're going to pick up stones to try to kill him. I would say they're not true disciples of Jesus, just based on that. Uh, In verse 44, Jesus says they are children of the devil and not children of God. And you know, as you go through the Gospels, we see several occasions where Jesus warned about false believers or false disciples, people who maybe make a profession that they're a believer in Jesus Christ, but they're not really true believers with saving faith. All believers will make mistakes as they walk in the flesh. You're subject to temptation, and there will be times you slip up. But there's a difference between choosing sin occasionally and living a life that generally rejects the Lordship of Jesus. As Pastor Dan will warn in today's message, there are those who claim to be followers of Christ, but their lives tell us otherwise. You should love them and try to bring them into right relationship, but be cautious that you don't fall for their deception. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Well, the the text today is a very important text. And some of you might be thinking, well, aren't they all important? It's in the Bible. Yes, that's true. They're all important. But this one is especially important because in this passage, Jesus tells us the marks of a true disciple, the marks of a true disciple, uh, the marks of a genuine believer who has saving faith in Jesus Christ. Not everyone who professes faith in Jesus Christ has genuine saving faith. Not everyone who says that they're a Christian is a, is a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And just because someone says that they are, of course, that doesn't make them a disciple. You know, in James chapter 2, we're told that demons believed in God and trembled 
Uh, but of course, the demons didn't have saving faith. We've, we've seen in our study of the Gospel of John, we've seen on more than one occasion where there were people that are identified as believers in Jesus Christ, but they don't have true faith in Christ or saving faith in Christ. Uh, back in chapter 2, if you remember, uh, back in chapter 2, verse 23, when Jesus was at the Passover in Jerusalem, it says, uh, during the feast of Passover, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So there were those that believed in him, but Jesus knew that they weren't true, genuine believers, and so he didn't commit himself to them. Uh, In John chapter 6, verse 66, there we see that as Jesus is teaching the crowd, he says some pretty hard things, and it says from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And so there they're called disciples, but once once Jesus said something they didn't like, they stopped following him. And so they weren't true disciples. They weren't, they weren't genuine disciples. At times in the ministry of Jesus, he had thousands and thousands of people following him. But after the crucifixion, there's only 120 in the upper room. There's only 120 genuine believers. Those thousands that followed him before, they weren't genuine believers. They weren't true disciples of Jesus. And so here uh, in this passage before us this morning, Jesus explains the, the marks or the characteristics of a true disciple. And he answers the question for us, who is a true disciple? Who is a real disciple? How can you know who is a real disciple? How can you tell uh, who is saved and who is not saved? And sometimes uh, we have that question uh, about someone. Are, are they saved? Are not saved. Sometimes maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, uh, maybe it's a co-worker, where you just, you wonder, you know, just because of the way that they're living their life, uh, they say that they're a Christian, but I'm not sure. Uh, which really, I mean, that's, that's just a, a, the worst, uh, to have that uncertainty about a loved one. It's just a, an awful kind of thing to have to wonder about their salvation. Well, here Jesus tells us, the marks to look for in a person's life that demonstrate that they are a true believer. And these are also marks we should look for in our own life, uh, whether we're a true believer, a true disciple, or not. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. And so as we study this text, we want to examine ourselves. You know, we want to ask the question, am I a disciple? Am I a true disciple based on what Jesus describes here and these verses. So now remember the context. Uh, Jesus was in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. He's, he's been there all week. That's an eight-day-long celebration. Uh, the religious leaders at this point, they despised Jesus. Uh, their hostility toward him is escalating. They were plotting how they might kill him. Their hostility will escalate to the point to, uh, until they crucify him. They see to his crucifixion. Uh, Jesus, uh, at this time, he's in the temple. Uh, Verse 20 told us that he was teaching in the treasury, which was in the court of the women. So Jesus was somewhere in that area. 
teaching when all of this goes down, all of this takes place that we're reading here. Uh, In our study last week, we saw that Jesus very clearly declared his deity, that he is God. And he, he did so by using the Old Testament covenant name for God, I am. Uh, If you look back in verse 12, uh, he says there, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And then again in verse 24, therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Uh, Verse 28, then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me, I speak these things. So Jesus has declared he is the I am, that he is God, the God of the Old Testament, Jehovah. He's God incarnate. And now verse 30, we're told, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. So many believed in Jesus. And what Jesus will do now, he's going to make a distinction here between believing in him and being a disciple, being a disciple. And, and again, we, we, we see in this passage that these believers were not genuine believers. They were not true disciples. They are believers in verse 30. Down in verse 41, they're going to insult his mother. Down in verse uh, 48, they're going to call him a racial slur. In verse 58, they're going to pick up stones to try to kill him. I would say they're not true disciples of Jesus. Just based on that. Uh, In verse 44, Jesus says they are children of the devil and not children of God. And, you know, as you go through the Gospels, we see several occasions where Jesus warned about false believers or false disciples. People who maybe make a profession that they're a believer in Jesus Christ, but they're not really true believers with saving faith. Uh, Just to share a few verses with you, Matthew chapter 7, you don't have to turn there, um, but Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, uh, there Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven, that's key. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Uh, These are people that say, they call Jesus Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh, But Jesus says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And he said, many will say to me in that day, not a few, but many. There will be many Uh, false believers, many false uh, disciples that Jesus will send away from his presence at the judgment. Uh, Over in Matthew chapter 13, um, you know, really the whole chapter of Matthew 13 is a great chapter that describes this idea of uh, false believers kind of mixed in with genuine believers. Uh, Here in Matthew 13, we have the parable of the wheat and the tares growing together. Uh, Matthew thirteen twenty four. In another parable, he put forth to them, saying, "The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares 
among the wheat and then went his way. So the enemy comes and sows tares. Who's the enemy? Satan, right? So he comes, he sows tares in among the wheat. Then it goes on to say, but when the grain has sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, do you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. What's the harvest? Judgment. At the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So he describes how these wheat and tares grow together. And wheat and tares, they look very similar. They're difficult to distinguish from each other. Um, One of the ways you can distinguish wheat from tares or tares from wheat is that the grain in wheat is much heavier than the grain in tares. And so because of the weight of the grain and wheat, you know what wheat does? It bends over. It bows. Tares stand straight up because their grain is light. And that's a, that's a very fitting picture between a true believer who's going to bow and be submitted to the Lord and a tear who in their pride is not submitted to the Lord. Uh, also, we're told in the, in the Gospels of the parable of the mustard seed. You remember that parable, the mustard seed, which was the smallest seed that they had in Israel at that time. It grows in the parable. It grows into this, this great large tree, which is unusual growth. And then we're told the birds of the air, all kinds of birds come and nest in its branches. And in the parables, birds are a symbol of Satan or evil. And so in this mustard tree, you've got uh, evil nesting in its branches. Uh, another parable that we have in Matthew 13 is the parable of the dragnet, where the fishermen put out their net and then they drag it in. And their net catches all kinds of fish, good fish and bad fish, clean fish and unclean fish. They put the clean fish into vessels, the bad fish, the unclean fish, they throw away. They don't throw them back. They throw them away, it says. Uh, So we see in the Gospels where Jesus just warned believers uh, about uh, false believers that will just be mixed in with true believers. In verse 30 now, Uh, We have believers, uh, but they're not true believers. Jesus addresses them in verse 31, and he's going to tell them what is required of them to be a true believer. Verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed, 
If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So Jesus defines who is a true disciple here. He tells us a disciple is someone who abides in his word. And this is the key characteristic. This is the key mark of a true disciple. They abide in the words of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to abide in his word? Well, a couple things. Uh, First of all, it means a continuance, a continuance uh, or a perseverance in God's word. A true disciple of Jesus Christ will continue in his word and persevere in his word, even through difficult times, even through difficulties that may come. A, a false disciple will not persevere. Uh, in Luke chapter 8, for example, Jesus told the parable of a sower who went out to sow some seed. He went out to sow some grain. And uh, some of his seed fell, if you remember, among the rocks. And he tells us that the seed that fell among the rocks, as soon as it sprang up, it withered because it lacked moisture And then Jesus gave the interpretation of that parable in Luke chapter 8, verse 13. He says, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while. And in a time of temptation, they fall away. So they believe for a while, but in a time of temptation or trial or difficulty of some kind, they, they fall away. They don't continue in the word. A true disciple will continue, even in the difficulty, even in the trial, through thick and thin, good times and bad, come what may. You know, I, I attended the funeral of a, of a brother in Christ a few years ago, uh, and one of the speakers at the funeral knew this guy uh, from childhood, before he was a Christian. Uh, this guy became a Christian in his 20s. And the guy that got up to speak, who knew him from childhood, one of the things he said about him was, when he started following Christ, he never looked back. You know, what a great, great way to be described at your funeral in a eulogy, right? Once he started following Christ, he never looked back. He continued. He abided in Christ. He, he, he persevered with Christ, you know? Uh, that's the mark of a true disciple. They abide in the word of God. Uh, And so the word here, abide, it means a continuance in the word of God, but it also means a willful submission and obedience to the word of God. A willful submission and obedience to the word of God. If you have the NIV, it says, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. If you have the New Living Translation, it says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. A true disciple will remain faithful to the teachings of Jesus Christ. They they will submit and obey, uh, submit to and obey the word of God. Now, that doesn't mean we live a perfect, sinless life, right? Because we all fall short. uh, We all are prone to wander. We all go astray. We all sin. But for the true disciple, the desire of their heart is to submit and obey to the word of God. And this is something Uh, that Jesus spoke of on many occasions in his teachings and something that we see throughout the New Testament. And I want to show you some of those verses so you get a sense of the meaning of this 
So turn with me, first of all, over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Look at verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. How do we show our love for Jesus Christ? We keep his commandments. That's how we demonstrate our love for him. And remember in the Bible, love is not just this feeling that we have, right? Love is something we demonstrate. Love is something we show by our actions. How do we show that we love Jesus? By keeping his commandments. Uh, Look down in verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. You have the commandments, you keep them. That shows that you love him. I'll look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Look at verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. He who does not love me does not keep my words. So a true disciple keeps the word of God, a false disciple does not keep the word of God. It's that simple. That's the mark. That's the characteristic. That's the evidence of a true disciple or or someone who's a false disciple. Are they keeping the word? Are they obeying him? Are they submitted to him? Are they submitted to the word of God? Uh, Turn with me over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 46. Again, Jesus speaking, and he says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? The word Lord, kurios, in in Greek, it means master. It means owner. Uh, The the word implies, it speaks of ownership. It's used in in the Bible to describe the relationship between a master and his slave. The owner. Uh, we as, as disciples are described in the Bible as slaves of Christ. We've been bought for a price, the Bible says. My life is not my own. He, he, we're owned. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And in verse 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord? Why do you call me your master? But you don't do what I say. You don't obey me. And so some were calling Jesus Lord, but they weren't obeying him. And and what Jesus is saying here is if you you don't obey him, he's not your Lord. He goes on in verse 47, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, that's the key, it's the doing, that's the key, not just hearing, but doing. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock And when the floods arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth or on the sand without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was uh, great. So you have these two houses Uh, The two houses uh, are are both fine until the storm comes. And what's the storm? It's God's judgment. Once God's judgment comes, now the house that is built upon the rock, which would be the person who hears the word and does the word, that person is able to stand 
in the judgment. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m., for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth.